You guys ever you guys ever put masks on your pets? You ever, you ever tried no, that? that doesn't seem nice. You know what animal I think looks great in a mask? What? Tur- turtles. What? <laughs> Masked turtles? What a ridiculous notion to discuss on this week's episode of the Song Topsy Report, where we dissect bad, bizarre, or otherwise noteworthy music and figure out how it died. I'm today's host, Steve Trollinger. I'm your hero in a half shell, Nick Brigadier. And I'm super shredded Mr. Mike Russell. Man, he does love <laughs> some shredded cheese. He, uh, oh, Pepper Jack, mmm. Mike's real handy to have on Taco Tuesdays, let me tell you this. Yeah, so for the first time ever, I, f- I get to feel the sting of not having a fun episode theme-related thing for my intro. I didn't know we were going to do that because I went first. Is this how you feel all the time, Nick? Empty inside? No, I was just going to say, I, well, I mean, yes, but for unrelated reasons. But I was going to say, I find it, uh, that's exciting. Like, you know, we're still we're still in pandemic times, but we're starting to see the daylight. But that's the only real excitement I get now. Surprise introductions that catch me <laughs> off guard. God, my life is so... So my life is a beige folder on a white wall. Oh well, you know, no, Nick, Nick. You, you know, Nick. You get you, you. At least you see a lot more light than if you lived in a sewer. We already what? had the tie. Lived in a sewer. <laughs> like today's subject on the sock tops. Steve, Steve don't I'm even bother. Kidding. Nobody's listening anymore. I know. Um, I, lo- I love the double tie-in. Let's it was, go. It was the double <laughs> intro. Uh, as you may or may not have figured today, I have more intro to do, but uh, we'll try to hook you no, immediately. You don't, Steve. Just go. I, I do. We'll try to hook you immediately. Today, we're going to be discussing, as Nick pointed out, those heroes on the half shell, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, Steve, this is, this is the Song Tops Report. Why are you discussing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Well, last week... Mike, he doesn't even need us. Last week he is on a roll. He's got <laughs> Last week Nick insulted God, man and me by deigning to present us with a cheap rip-off knock-off brand version of my classic episodes of A Day at the Movies. A Day at the Movies. And because of that now we're going to do one. Uh, and I, I love it when you take us out on dates, Steve. And before the theaters open back up relatively soon. So this is the last, this might be the last one I get to do. It won't be the last oh, Steve, one. Steve, do you do. know what movie's playing right now that you could take us to night the movies to? Spiral. Is it Saw? The book, yeah, from Saw. the Book of Saw. Hey, I'm glad you brought that up, Nick. That was the other reason I wanted to do this because I figured, and I mentioned this actually at last week's episode, I said that I had an idea for a corollary to your episode because it was all about a movie tie-in song that had nothing to do with the movie it tied into. And so because of that and the fact that the week prior to that, I spent an hour trying to prevent Mike from talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on my Renaissance episode of Are You Telling Me? I figured this would be a great opportunity to bring forth the most perfect movie tie-in song ever created, and it was for the 1990 live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and it is called Turtle Power. On the half shell, they're the heroes for In this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high with muggings mysterious All police and detectives are furious because they... Oh, I like it, Steve. They're furious because they just got defunded. No, this is the NYPD. They've they're being they've they've got submarines now. They're being given submarines. <laughs> oh, they, they're throwing submarines. They're looking at for the here. turtles in the sewer system with submarines. Yeah. Uh, so this is the song "Turtle Power" by the hip hop group Partners in Crime. Now, Partners in Crime was comprised of James Alpern, aka DJ Keymaster Snow, and Richard Usher, aka MC Golden Voice. Now, according to Usher, the group's roots came from the nascent Bronx hip-hop scene in the mid to late 80s. Uh, the two of them, Usher and Alpern, met at Syracuse University in upstate New York. You don't say. Uh, they have a wonderful journalism program. He did not join the journalism program. He was actually a radio DJ at their college radio station. You know, that adds up. Uh, and they began performing together before moving back to NYC. You know, working as a radio DJ in New York... 
Richard Usher handed a demo of their work to a coworker who passed it along to a new record label called SBK. Now, SBK at the time was working on the soundtrack to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live-action film, and they needed songs right away. And this happened on a Friday, and by Monday, Alpern and Usher had the track ready and uh, raring to go. So they wrote this in a weekend. Okay, once again, seriously, over and over again on this podcast, we have learned... The greatest songs, the most successful songs, take no more than 48 hours to write. As soon as you've taken longer than that, just stop, because it's not going to be anything successful. I also recently found out that Dolly Parton wrote I Will Always Love You and 9 to 5 on the same—not 9 to 5. Oh, Jolene. Sorry. Jolene and I Will Always Love You in the same afternoon. She wrote both those songs in the same afternoon. In the same afternoon? Yes. Holy baloney. You know, I. It's that's how you got to— when the heart's feeling it, you got to go. And then that's when the greatest things come to be. What a great afternoon to to just an afternoon's worth of work that will just make you money until the day you die. Dolly Parton's song 9 to 5, it's actually about how long it took her to write it. <laughs> uh, but this is not the movie 9 to 5, which is also where that's also a movie tie-in song, 9 to 5, for the movie 9 to 5, starring Dolly Parton. Movie tie-ins? Um, what, what, that, 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 yeah. that was the song topsy report. <laughs> So they were uh, SBK, this new this new label, and their their first big thing that, that they've grabbed onto is what will prove to be one of the greatest independent movie, independently financed movies ever made in terms of like box office, at least. Uh, now the for I don't know how many people out there don't know who the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are, but I will give a quick refresher. Uh, created in 1984 by the writer-artist duo Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were intended to parody the most popular comics of the day, which included Marvel's New Mutants, about a team of teen mutants, and Daredevil, which at the time was under the stewardship of Frank Miller, who had introduced a bunch of ninja-based elements elements of backstory to it, and the independent comic Cerebus by Dave Sim, which was about a fantasy world populated by anthropomorphic animals. These were all very popular at the time, and they, just as a joke, were thinking, okay, how do we mix all four of these elements into, like, a jokey, super serious type of you know comic book property? And this is what came of it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The turtles part because they thought it would be hilarious to try to explain why turtles are quick-moving and silent. See, they were accidentally Ah. too successful, because it's such a hyper-specific title, you immediately want to know more about it. And somehow we immediately buy the fact that turtles can be quick and silent. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, they are silent, but they're very slow. Or are they loud? Would you say turtles are loud? I guess, like... No, they got the silent part down, but they do... They do... They are... In every fable ever told, very slow creatures. Uh, As the comic became more popular, Eastman and Laird approached a small toy company called Playmates Toys about licensing opportunities in 87. Playmates. (laughs) No, not that, Mike. Some fun toys. No. I mean, they were fun toys, but not the kind you're talking about. Uh, Playmates, in turn, reached out to advertising and animation companies to develop an animated series to sell the new action figure line. So they weren't quite sure about the property. It was a like a f- like a fun, popular underground comic, but they wanted to make sure they could make as much money as possible from it. So they developed both at the same time. This is America, animated- after all. This is this is, this is awesome. You know what I love about this? You know what I love about this is it's just like the Dogecoin. You know what I mean? Like the. It's a big joke, and then all of a sudden, people are like, "No, no, no! This is awesome. This make it a thing." Isn't that how like, Trump right. got elected too? I don't know. <laughs> it's wonderful in the way that it brings about just just enough chaos, Nick. See, right? I love the chaos in in the in like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles context, where it's like it's a product, it's it's a consumerist outlet. Yes, I love to see that chaotic energy thrive. When it comes to economies and currency and world leaders, I usually want that a little more stable. You don't like the volatile crypto movement? Um, <laughs> well, you know, we'll see. We'll we'll see how it turns out. Boy, this this cryptocurrency <laughs> movement's mutating rapidly. What? Mutating? Oh, what? Mutating <laughs> on this week's episode of the Song Tops Report. Uh, where was I? Oh, yes. So this animated series made several notable changes to the com- original comic book property, such as a lighter comedic tone, 
Uh, they changed Splinter's and April's origin stories, and they also color-coded the brothers. If you don't know this, in the original comic, it was actually a black-and-white comic, except for their bandanas, which were all red. So all four of them had red mask bandanas. And were they all in a bad mood? No, they they more, I mean, kind of, actually. They were all kind of a little bit raff. But they're all raffy. They're all a little, and they're like, ooh, you know what? Only room for and one raffy. And, and then they started singing Baby Beluga, and then Baby Beluga became their new sidekick, and it was a mutant beluga whale. <laughs> Yo, you remember April O'Neil's yellow jumper? Yes. Well, Nick doesn't, because he was, quote, too young, end quote. Uh, Nick, you didn't get to have a crush on April O'Neil. I, I missed that boat. Maybe it's star, not too late. But. Star reporter. <laughs> Uh, that was actually one of the changes they made. In the original comic, she was actually a, a lab assistant and computer technician who worked for Baxter Stockman. You just know she's a smart lady. Yeah. Um, so she worked for him, uh, and in the but in the TV show, they turned into an ace reporter who always wore yellow for some reason. I approve of the... I mean, I think I could have gone either way. I thought you talk about your college years, Mike. <laughs> they also changed April or uh, Splinter's origin story. In the comic, he was a rat who also was mutated by the quote-unquote ooze that mutated the turtles. But in the TV show, they thought that that would be too difficult for children to understand. So instead, they made him a human that had turned into a humanoid rat. Wait a second. Is that what happened? Because I remember when he's learning Kung Fu in his cage. First of all, it's ninjutsu. Let's... <laughs> It's not. Oh, yeah, ninja, it's, I'm sorry, ninjutsu. I, it's excuse not. Me, excuse me. It's not like go off the rails culturally here. No, no. Listen, Steve. Way to keep me. Uh, what's the word? Woke. Uh, keep my fighting styles in check. Yes. You know, it's always it's always a thing I have to do, and it really upsets me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so he was uh, the. In the original like book, there was a ninja master Hamato Yoshi who owned a rat which then became Splinter, but in the cartoon, Hamada Yoshi becomes Splinter when he's transformed into a giant rat, which is way more horrifying, I think, <laughs> to try to explain to children than the first thing. No, this whole concept should be a horror movie if you actually played it to the top of its intelligence. This is just terrifying. Well, that's what yeah. Michael Bay tried to do, at least. <laughs> yeah, but that was accidentally. <clears throat> I like the ooze. I think the ooze is... Yeah, I think that was your yearbook photo quote, wasn't it? <laughs> I like the use. Yeah. Um, do you um? Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle, Steve? It'd be Donatello. I knew it. Okay. How would have I would have pegged you for a Donatello? Good. It's <laughs> what I wanted you to think. Nick's probably Leonardo. He doesn't sure, have any concept. Sure. He doesn't have any understanding. Oh yeah, he doesn't know. What do you think? Do you think Nick would like Leonardo? I think he'd like Leonardo. This is, this is a great conversation for me to be a part of. Who yeah. would Nick like? Okay, yeah, answer in the poll. <laughs> That's L the listeners, poll what would I like? Tell me. I don't know. Which which Ninja Turtle would be Nick's favorite? Answer us at songtopsreport at gmail.com. So, <laughs> the cartoon of the toy line, huge smash, big success. Uh, Eastman and Laird became multi-millionaires, and three years later was on track to be turned into a live-action film, uh, probably due in no small part to the success of Batman the year prior, uh, because before that, there wasn't really much of an appetite for live-action superhero films. So, thanks, Batman. God, younger listeners, can you imagine a time when there wasn't an appetite for live-action superhero films? Oh, my... That's all they freaking make now. Yeah, truly, for the past 20 years now, <laughs> it's been superhero movies. So, the... Uh, yeah. SBK is writing the or is putting the soundtrack together for this movie that's coming out. I have more movie facts. We'll pepper them in throughout the episode. Uh, and uh, Alpern and Usher, uh, sorry, partners in crime. By the way, crime is spelled K-R-Y-M-E, in case you were unfamiliar, uh, got together and put together a song for... Why? Why'd they spell it like that? Just for fun? Because it's just cool. For fun. I like those sometimes vowels, you know? <laughs> spice up, Spice up my words. Those and Z's. When is so, Z a sometimes vowel? Oh no, I mean just as oh. a letter. like. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You would you would really suck at Wheel of Fortune, Mike. Yeah. What do you uh, mean? Can I, I buy a Z? I want to buy, buy a Z. I'd like to buy a Z, please. No, Mike. Honestly, go all the way to Wheel of Fortune and say that just for the sake of the bit. Just to do it, I would. Don't. Oh, don't dare me there. Can I get a Z? <laughs> so watch there be three of them. Lost the whole so, word is just three Z's, and the clue is when yeah. you're tired. 
So with that, a little bit of intro out of the way, I've got more awesome facts, tubular facts. Cowabunga, et cetera, et cetera. Cowabunga, et cetera, et cetera, to get to. But let's get into the song a little bit, shall we? Yes. A dissection is imperative. With buggings mysterious, all police and detectives are furious because they can't find the source of this lethally evil force. This is serious, so give me a quarter. I was a witness. Get me a reporter. Call April O'Neil in on this case. And yes! We need help like quick. All the double have pity on the city. Man, it's in so, trouble. Uh, we, have, we have our first verse here. On the half shell, they're the heroes for, in this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high with muggings mysterious. All police and detectives are furious. Now, Nick, you don't have to see the movie. You're going to. Don't worry. But I understand. I, I don't have you, a say in the matter. You don't have to see the movie probably after you are. You are. You will be familiar with the movie after this song. The whole. Re- uh, I brought this on. I've always loved this song ever since I was a kid, and I saw the movie. And the thing that really strikes me about it is we in our the James Bond episode I did. We talked about the man with the golden gun and how the song was just a shot for shot plot recap of the plot of the man with the golden gun and then we've got stuff like spiral uh which is has despite our most valiant attempts last week had absolutely nothing to do no matter how many avenues and tangents we went down well, to try it was to connect it to the movie for you to get through steve which is kind <laughs> of related to the saw films see right there the fact that you had to you had to qualify it like that so i thought of that uh and then i thought of this song because Unlike The Man with the Golden Gun, this song somehow manages to find a really good blend of being its own song and also giving you enough information about the movie that you're about to watch. Or actually, Steve, since I this feel was, like you really like this song. I really do. I, it, I, I hope you didn't I think, think I was going to make fun right. of the song. This, was, this wasn't me making fun of the song. You guys go ahead and make fun of the song all you want. If you, no, if you, no, this is noteworthy for you, Steve. I get you. We're, we're, we're digging into something special right now. I haven't decided yet if it's bad, bizarre, or noteworthy. Uh, you <laughs> might decide absolutely none of the above and be a, a you know, complete blank on the whole thing and not have any opinions whatsoever. <laughs> Don't do it. I'm that. already the beige folder on the white wall, Steve. I can't. I have to have something. We'll get you a beige mask and bandana. Yeah. I'm already just a white straight dude doing a podcast. The deck is already stacked against me in terms of having no valuable opinion, basically by default. So I have to have something, Steve. I will have a strong opinion by the end of this. So, uh, crime wave is high with muggings mysterious. That's not just a random. Let's throw in a random crime. It's just the foot. To, just to sing the about. The foot. They just opened the Citizen app and immediately could see that there were many muggings happening. So they 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 managed to show up. They managed to say in that in that line. Basically, the plot, not the plot of the movie, but the main conflict of the movie is that there are. So there's a secret clan. You don't know anything about the Ninja Turtles, Nick. So let me instruct you. There's a secret clan of ninja thieves known as the Foot Clan. Now. The Foot Clan is also a parody, by the way, of the uh, a, a ninja organization from the Daredevil comics called The Hand. So The oh, Hand, right. The yeah, Foot. This whole, they're all parody. Yeah. That's, that's what I love about these guys. Daredevil had a ninja tutor by the name of Stick, so their ninja mentor is named Splinter. More, more, more of the parody. So The Foot Clan is a... They're, they're a ninja group... They are led by a man named Oroku Saki. Uh, they're originally from Japan. In the movie, Oroku Saki comes to New York and with a small cadre of ninjas and proceeds to enlist delinquent youths because this is the early 90s, late 80s. <coughs> yeah. So juvenile delinquency is the real crime here. They managed to recruit a bunch of delinquent youths off the street they had a cool hideout on like Governor's Island where they had like you could smoke cig- kids could smoke cigarettes and drink all the soda they wanted and they had a bunch of uh they had a bunch of pinball machines and video games and stuff and all you had to do to be part of this super cool club was to be a pickpocket. You were basically taught enough ninjutsu to rob like TV trucks, people's wallets, 
newspaper stands. That's all you need to do to be in this cool club. And if you wanted to learn more, you could choose to and become a full-fledged member of the Foot and look really stupid wearing a stupid purple mask. (laughs) This evil plot would never have worked in present day because if they wanted to hide on Governor's Island, they couldn't do it because it would just be hipsters having 20s-themed brunches every Sunday and they'd have no place to hide. Or glamping. There'd be glampers there. Yes. Uh, Steve, can you show Nick a picture of a foot soldier? I really can't, Mike, because I didn't prepare any of that. <laughs> okay. Well, I I, I I have to watch the movie at some point. Like I said, Steve will not. Like I have no say in this. Steve is violating my consent and forcing me to watch this. So I will see it at some point. <laughs> so because they're New York police officers, they've got no idea how to combat well-trained ninjas. They don't know how to combat much. Um <laughs> Uh, outside the realm of the ordinary stuff in New York. So the police, the police, the police chief, he's furious. I, he, they don't they, they don't know how to stop it, but they don't want people to think they're impotent. So they're like constantly going on the news and talking about all of their their like info tech war stratagems to, you know, like cast wide nets and things like that. And nobody knows what the hell they're talking about because they don't actually have a plan. And then in the movie themselves, that's when they start stop and frisk. Mm, I don't well. I bet uh, I bet that would have caught a few delinquent ninja youths. What are you doing with these smoke bombs and nunchucks, young man? Nothing. <laughs> okay, sounds good to me. Like ten wallets fall out of your bag. Oh, how did those get there? I really love. Uh, I really love this part. If you look at Genius lyrics, the one highlighted part is "This is serious, so give me a quarter." If you click on that. It explains how payphones used to work. Well, look, I mean... Oh, pro- my God. You, y'all whippersnappers, believe this. There used to be a big old booth we'd walk into when we wanted to talk to somebody on the telephone. They just... That's or to two generations your- removed now. Like, one generation removed is back in my day, you had to pay for how many texts you wanted on your phone. And then another generation is you had to stick a quarter in a physical booth that was standing someplace, hopefully close enough for you if you needed an emergency phone call. And that was it. There was a time if they didn't pick up, you just never talked to them again. Like and that. Carrot Top would tell you how to make a collect call because that's the only way you could do it sometimes. <laughs> Through props. C-A-L-L-A-T-T. It's free for you and cheap for them. Okay, okay, hold on. So you were too young to get into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but you can remember the 1-800-CALL-COLLECT commercials. Look, it, they're both basically advertisements. Just one stuck with me more. And it was that one. And it was fucking Carrot Top telling me how to make a collect call when I was a kid. I didn't even understand consciously as a kid what a collect call was, but I remember them so photographically that now I understand as an adult, oh, that's when you don't have the money and you need to make a call to someone, and they can basically pay for it thank you partners in crime but so yeah so now we're calling so he's calling april o'neill calling april o'neill in on this case because if the cops can't do anything surely the fourth estate can april o'neill in on this case hey you better hurry up there's no time to waste we need help like quick all the double have pity on the city man it's in trouble we need heroes like the lone ranger when tonto came pronto when there was danger they didn't say we'd be there in half an hour because they displayed turtle power. Oh. Tonto came pronto. Which is not bad. That's that's a it's a pretty it's a pretty good pretty good rhyme inside of a rhyme. Now it's now Steve. Now listen, I love I love the Ninja Turtles. And I love Turtle Power. However, what in the actual hell is the Lone Ranger doing in this uh, he he wasn't in the movie, was he? He wasn't, but I will say similar mask. Yeah, then oh. he hears like the Lone Ranger, Mike. Like. It's a, called a simile. I know, but was the Lone Ranger real big back in early 90s? Well, look, they needed a... I guarantee they just needed a reason to say Tonto Pronto. He really wanted to say Tonto. And then you can't say Tonto unless you bring up the Lone Ranger. So then you've now looped yourself into having to rhyme something with Ranger. And uh, you've already established that there's muggings, mysterious muggings, and they're dangerous. So Danger Ranger. These guys are fanboys for the Lone Ranger. Well, they're, they're certainly not fanboys for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because uh, when the guy they talked to at SBK asked them for the song, they were only sort of aware of it in terms of the way that someone is aware of a cultural phenomenon, like where 
you just know it because it's so uber present and prevalent. But they didn't know anything specifically about it. So they had the record label guy, while they were on the phone that Friday, just give him a rundown of not that not the turtles themselves but what the happens in the movie specifically and boy howdy does the song sound like a couple of guys <laughs> who don't know exact details of the movie but got a brief synopsis about a property they're not familiar with so steve are you saying there's a sweet spot in terms of like maybe maybe the artist writing the movie the the tie-in song should only know so much about it so they don't over explain it or under explain it yeah there's a for your eyes only there's a accepted level of ignorance that all songwriters must have if creating a movie tie-in song songwriters are ignorant you heard it here on the song tops report <laughs> first folks <laughs> oh man yeah i like and then he's spelling turtle you think he just wanted to make sure he didn't forget what kind of animals they were well that's that that's the chorus here right steve yeah they displayed It's the same. It's it's the same chord progression. Oh, they! I hope they got a sample credit. I don't think so. Um. Okay. LL Cool J, unforgivable. Now, now, Steve. Now, Mike. Now, Dasher. Now, Prancer. (sighs) On Mikey. On Raph. On Leo and Donnie. So I'm gonna guess. Did the um. Did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song, that came out before this song did. Is that right? The one for the cartoon, you mean? Yes. The Splinter taught them to be fighting teens. That one? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like the producers or whoever were helping these guys learn about the Ninja Turtles, they they played that theme song for them. And then he's like, oh, turtle power. All right. Let's just let's just spell it out and say power. Like, I don't know why they're not saying turtle power. I think they should have referenced that song. I think they should have like used that to really, like, you know, use that the, nostalgia right in the right in the gut. Well, it's not so much nostalgia if the show is on the air while the movie is coming out. Well, then a cross reference bridge. Then I mean, I don't they, think why they, aren't they saying turtle power? I, I, I think. <laughs> Mike, I think it's more just that in like you know the late '80s, early '90s, I think spelling things out in traditional hip hop was just kind of like a standard thing to do. It wasn't that uncommon. I don't like it. I don't know. I'm not about the spelling. It's Mike in grade school. <laughs> he actually said in an interview that they they tried to give it a, like a teen superhero sound while also trying not to make it sound like a book report set to music. And they were also torn by a desire oh, to work... Oh, you mean Hamilton. Yeah, basically. Uh, they were also torn by a desire to work in the industry professionally, like they wanted this job. But they didn't want to be stereotyped as like a kiddie rap group or something like that. So the If song... they want to be a kiddie rap group, why are they spelling things out for the kids? Hey, kids, you know how to spell turtle? They're trying well, to strike a balance, let- <laughs> Mike. They're trying to still sound like hard guys from the Bronx, but at the same time, it's still a, ch- a movie that mostly children are probably going to watch. Hard guys <laughs> doing edutainment. That's it. The only thing harder is the half shell they're rapping about. <laughs> Mike, you'll love this. <laughs> you'll love this no, in, in, the sense, in the sense that you won't. Um, April O'Neil gives me a half shell. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> She's an animated fictional character, Mike. Uh. <laughs> I feel the I feel the shaking of a thousand heads as though someone has cried out. Just, just uh. everyone's headphones are falling out as they listen to this. No. <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike, you'll like this. Did you know that in the UK, both for this song and the original animated series, uh, the term ninja is actually edited to hero. So in the UK, they're not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Both in this song, there's an edit of the song for that, in the song for the uh, original uh, cartoon, and for any Turtles-related franchise in the UK. Well, not so much anymore, but it used to be the case. And would you like to know why, Mike? Because they've got a problem with ninjutsu. It's because there was a long stand... Yes, there was actually, yeah. There was (laughs) a long standing... 
BBC censorship policy that deemed Ninja to have excessively violent connotations for children's programming. And in addition to that, they also edited out all of Michelangelo's Nunchaku because kids because kids kept uh, try, put, making Nunchaku out of stuff in their house and hitting themselves in the face with it accidentally and hurting yeah. their hurting their <laughs> yeah. siblings. Did everyone do that as kids? <laughs> Yeah, too many did. That's why they had to edit them out. I, I, Greenbrat, Nunchakchus. None of those were words. None of that was right. I resent resent the fact that the BBC said that ninja has specifically violent associations. There are so many working class ninjas working in your pizza shops, working in in your law offices, drawing your blood at urgent cares, ninja, ninja teachers. You know, there's the the fact that they're stereotyped specifically into being violent is just, you know, you think that even in the 90s that would be behind us. And look, they're everywhere. Like Nick just said, you just can't see them. Exactly. That's They're the, whole the point. silent majority. Uh, ugh, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> they, they also they also censored the the ninja aspect in in Japan as well because the Japanese have a long standing sort of like anti ninja like ninja, ninjas aren't cool in Japan. They weren't. They were considered a you know they were considered a, a dishonorable I guess shameful aspect of their history. Which is funny, considering. But then also um, in Greece, when this movie came out there, they were also called the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. But hero is just spelled differently. Yes, yes. It's just, fuck you, Nick. There's another nice Y word. I'm telling you what, that really spices up those words. <laughs> that, that's the takeaway lesson, listeners. Yeah. Uh, but we continue. <laughs> reporter was hot on the trail determined to put these crooks in jail she spied the bad guys and saw what happened but before she knew it she fell in a trap and got caught well well played happen got caught in a trap and got caught or what was the rhyme she spied the bad guys and saw what happened but before she knew it she fell in a trap and got caught yes uh, okay, now... I don't need these lyrics, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. If I haven't said it already, I have this song memorized. Now, that was Steve's really, pickup line really back when he was single. He'd be like, ladies, do you know I know the lyrics to Turtle Power by heart? Ooh, sing it for us. <laughs> Is that what that, they said? No, that never happened. Oh. I, I'd ask you to sing it for me, Steve. Maybe at the end of the episode, Mike. <laughs> sing for me! T-U-R-T-L-E power. <laughs> <laughs> Hour. They had a fun little vocoder. Uh, what is it? A vocoder? I think they call that to get the that effect. Little, like, yeah. Um, now, so, do you think? Do you think the other? Uh, do you think other uh, reptiles and if uh, reptiles get upset when the turtles are marching around screaming about turtle power? <laughs> do you think they're like, hey, <laughs> Ooh, why, don't really? you, why don't you? Why don't you pump the brakes, Mikey? Is, hey, it, is this the direction you want this bit to go in, Mike? <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of our rich Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle history. Okay? How, if they're teenagers, their history is only like five years. <laughs> well, we got a lot done. Okay? Here's, yeah. here's my... Look, uh, hey, everyone. Let's g- let me give you a glimpse into my thought process about preparing for this episode. Gosh, Steve, this sure is a good idea. Talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Surely nobody can warp it into something horrible that will get everyone in trouble. You finally found the safest subject imaginable, Steve. Good job. <laughs> Pat on the back. I'm just asking. I'm just You're just asking. asking questions about the Ninja Turtles. I see. <laughs> oh, they're the ones. <laughs> Whatever, Tucker. I was just going to say. <laughs> I love Turtle Power. I think it's great. <laughs> I think I'm just asking questions about this mutagen. It has it has terrible properties. We don't know what kind of reaction everyone's going to have to it. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how to make my head sound fat. That's as good as I can do it. Do you think if I put a bunch of tre- uh, turtles on treadmills <laughs> and connected it to a <laughs> to an energy grid that I could power an entire city on turtle power? Not New York, but maybe like I don't know Phoenix. Plattsburgh? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, first we've got to get the folks up there to electrify Plattsburgh. And then once it's set up for electricity, then we can think about powering it. Okay. Next comes indoor plumbing. (laughs) But, Steve, that was a big year for us. (laughs) Last year, I know. 
Uh, but Steve, uh, to your point, yes, I feel like I do know what happens. I know at some point, I don't know when, but I do know that star reporter April April O'Neil does get caught, as the partners in crime have informed me now. But who does she get caught by? She was all alone, with no friends and no phone. Now this was beyond her worst dreams, because she was cornered by some wayward teens. Headed by Shredder, they were anything but good. Misguided on love, they called them the foot. They <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I've been kidnapped by all these teenagers. I'm being confronted in the subway, New York subway, by wayward teens. Is the innermost <laughs> fear of every hardcore, red blooded, right wing conservative in America. <laughs> I'm trapped in a New York subway surrounded by youths. Wayward teens. <laughs> They're going to sell me their drug sticks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is the Javits Center, and the drug stick is just a vaccine. Please take your shot. <laughs> Here's all my money. Don't hurt me. <laughs> no, it's free. <laughs> okay, now, Nick, so... Nick, <laughs> Nick, again, seeing as you're an ignorant savage, allow me to explain. Yes, please. Uh, the Foot Clan is headed by an evil ninja master. I love I that mentioned... sentence. The Foot Clan is headed. Is headed... The head clan is footed. The head clan foots the bill, but it's headed by Shredder. Yes. He's is okay. headed by... <laughs> Look, if you want to work on this bit with me, I'll be happy to work on this bit with you. We could turn it into... We could Let's bring Vaudeville back. You and me, Nick. Let's, let's uh, yes, the two things that are super timely is this 1990 movie and Abbott and Costello. Abbott and Costello meet the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> what do you mean, they're Teenage Mutants? Um, so the Shredder... Are you familiar with the shredder, Nick? Have you, yes, are you I use that for a lot of pasta recipes. It was a pay-per-view thing. Um, it works great. It works on meats as well. Now, imagine... Yeah, that was imagine, my first job, was uh, I was a paper shredder. You, he worked for a lot of politicians. <laughs> I had a lot of documents I had to get shredded. <laughs> like, yeah, I was an internship <laughs> for the Clinton administration. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> if you've ever seen a cheese grater now imagine someone took a cheese grater and made a suit of armor out of it that's who yes. that's the shredder yes <laughs> okay if they if they if the teenage mutant ninja turtles were like teenage mutant ninja cheese blocks then yes i can see where shredder would be their greatest adversary but otherwise i don't understand the correlation necessarily there's absolutely no correlation nick eastman and laird when they created the character of the shredder it was quite literally, uh, I forget which, I think Eastman's the, the artist, but correct me if I'm wrong, uh, drew a guy in like ninja armor that I just sort of described and naming him after the the very thing that he is made to resemble, they just called him the Shredder. There's no like a forethought, there's no like, oh, the Joker killed Batman's parents sort of move of uh, the the Shredder being something to do with turtles he's just a guy who calls himself the shredder because he looks like he can shred but not a guitar okay i'm gonna he's, he's got spikes all over him nick i'm gonna honest i'm gonna have an honest epiphany moment here and steve i'll try not to let this derail things too much but what i've learned through most of these songs but especially what you're describing here is i overthink every goddamn thing they made an iconic villain to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they didn't think about it. Like every, like most people know that Shredder is the arch nemesis of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They know kind of what he looks like, and they didn't think about it. They're like, "Fuck it, we'll call like we'll call him Shredder because that's just the first thing that pops into our heads, and we'll let everyone else, we'll let the, the imagination of the potential audience build up this character." Well, I will, I will make you feel a little bit better, Nick, in the sense that. While there was no forethought, there was afterthought. So maybe the trick is to not think about too much up front and then fill in fill in the gaps later. Uh, because they did eventually tie the Shredder in in, 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 in to the Turtles' origin story in that Oroku Saki and uh, Hamato Yoshi were both members of the Foot Clan, and they were blood rivals, uh, and they were in love with the same woman, uh, but she was in love with Hamato Yoshi, and they escaped the foot. They left the Foot Clan and moved to America. Oroku Saki moved to America with the Foot Clan, found Yoshi, and killed him and his wife. And this was all witnessed by, yes, you guessed it, his pet rat, who 
mimicked all of his martial arts moves from his cage while he was just a regular rat, mind you. Watched just, his master. They're smart animals. Rat. You know, I keep reading that. That I didn't realize that extended to learning um, ninjutsu in your case. And then, and then he got splashed by a nuclear ooze, and it turned him into a humanoid rat who still knew ninjutsu from when he was just a regular rat. All adds up. You gotta, you know, Master Splinter was one of a kind. He didn't. He didn't need the use. Well, I mean, he did. He yeah, did I mean, to become right. like he kind of needed the use. He did to become big enough to actually affect change on the world around him. He would have beat the shit out of all those New York City sub rats, though. You know what I mean? He would have been. He doesn't like pizza. He's not a pizza rat. That's right. No, all New York City rats are exclusively pizza rats. It's their genus. So, well, he's from Japan, so that's why. Ah, uh, he's a Japanese rat. Uh, but we continue. Misguided on love, they call him the foot. They could terrorize and be angry youth then They'd mug the people who needed proof Then from out of the dark came an awesome sound Shouted cowabunga as they hit the ground From the field of weeds The heroes rescued the flower Cause they oh, possessed Hold on, hold on what? This guy, he needs a hype man Like, or he should have had the Michelangelo from the movie Say cowabunga Or all of the turtles why didn't we get a cowabunga sound? That would have been the pot, the, the spot to put it cowabunga! in. Cowabunga! You know what I mean? You need well, that. Well, now, to be fair, Mike, if you're listening to the song as it's placed in the movie, as the end credits song, the very last word spoken in the movie is, of course, cowabunga. So it, it is the lead-in to the song, kind of. But yes, okay. I get your meaning. It's not in the song proper. But you're saying it kicks off the song. Yes. Okay. I'm just Fine. mollifying everybody today. <laughs> Fine, Steve. I'll give you this one. But you, I mean, you see what I'm saying, though, right? No offense to our rap machine. What's this guy's name? Partners. I mean, I was partners. Partners of crime. Partners crime, of crime uh, DJ Keymaster Snow and MC Golden Voice. But weirdly enough, Golden Voice did the keys and Master Snow did the uh, lyrics and singing and rapping. That's, that's funny, Nick, but completely wrong. <laughs> <sighs> so this is, this is Golden Voice. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Look, I, I, I appreciated stylings. I just feel like I needed some more on that cowabunga. Christopher Walken listen- comes in. It needs more cowabunga. <laughs> oh, Nick, I'm glad you were able to do that. That's- <laughs> They've got the turtle power. And we know he hasn't been prepping that all day because I just told him what we were going to talk about like an hour ago. Because that's everyone's first assumption. Is that you've been just ugh, like in a mine, like clanging away on an anvil? Like I'm gonna craft the perfect. That was a reg- regular big bad John. Yes. <laughs> so they possess turtle power. We get back into the um, heavily vocal processed chorus, and then, uh, yeah, you're right, Steve. I feel like most movie, like I don't know, like if we were covering uh, the song Spiral. Like, we'd almost be done with the song at this point, but this this song just goes on and on. Heroes on a half shell, they're on a mission. When there's a battle, got the enemy wishing that they stayed at home. Instead of fighting these ninja masters with moves like lightning, they were once... Okay, so as someone who hasn't seen the movie, I'm assuming the Ninja Turtles are now just beating up children. Yes. Mostly, yes, they're beating up children. Um, so, okay, here's the thing. Apparently, and this is not... This is not explicitly stated in the movie, but all of the teenagers that they have conscripted with the promise of free cigarettes and video games and playing poker. Uh, and I should mention, by the way, the head teenager is played by a young Sam Rockwell in his first motion picture no appearance. Uh, and also, I think uh, one of the members of the Foot Clan is also played by Skeet Ulrich, I think. Um, oh, Really? Yeah, uh, and I should also mention Donatello is voiced by Corey Feldman. So this is just like... Oh, yeah, that's right. This, is this just was late 80s. 80s royalty. Yeah, late is 80s as hell. This is one Josh Brolin away from a, <laughs> from a real 80s film. But it was a... Uh, it was kind of... It kind of seemed like all of the regular teenagers who weren't members of the Foot Clan were just there to, to smoke and play poker and stuff. All of the members of the Foot Clan seem to be young adults or older, so maybe there was an age restriction. Maybe Shredder didn't want to actually 
throw children like into ninja Master battles? Shredder knew the labor laws. He didn't want to go too crazy. I no no. You so see, you need you need. I feel like the mentality is <clears throat> you need to get them when they're young enough to be dumb enough. You know, you need that nice moldable brain there so you can really wash it, wash it nice. But at the same time, you want them at their their peak physicality, their strength. You know, you you don't want a b- bunch of little kids. They'll get their asses kicked. You want you nubile some, young men, Mike? Is that what I, you're saying? You, you need these. You need these guys that are just like on that tail end of puberty. You know, they're. I mean, spoiler alert, Mike. They did get their asses kicked by four by a bunch of teenage turtles. They were they were an army of ninjas, and they couldn't beat up four freaks of nature. I would love if one of the ninjas, as soon as they're confronted by the turtles, they suddenly say, aren't you supposed to be powering the electricity in Plattsburgh right now? <laughs> and the turtles beat them up. Oh, bring it back. <laughs> yeah, Plattsburgh is in darkness during the whole time of this movie. Excuse me, Nysag, why is my uh, power off? Ah, those turtles are out fighting crime again. Uh, give it four hours. God, first we're taxed up the ass because of New York City. Then the turtles go there to rob us of our power. It's bullshit. Where's the bring in that rat power? <laughs> that that no, old man he's, doing? An, he's an old man. Don't make don't make that old man rat run on a treadmill <laughs> to power your dinky little town, <laughs> which I've never been to, and I'm sure is lovely. Uh, uh, now, uh, coming up, coming up is a. Anybody who's even slightly familiar with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, this this rankles this next bit. Again, up front, these guys actually didn't know anything about the Ninja Turtles, and we're getting a third, second, and third hand account of the movie about said Ninja Turtles from the the gut record label guy on the phone that was that just hired them. So you, they could kind of be forgiven for what's about to happen. Ninja masters with moves like lightning. Once normal, but now the mutants split as the teacher, so they are the students. Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Donatello make up the team with one other fellow, Raphael. He's the leader of the group transformed from the Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh damn, I can't believe yo. You know I guess I know who Golden Voice liked. That's his favorite uh Ninja Turtle, Avi. Now, Nick, yes. y- because you don't know anything, this <laughs> Just in life, is, yeah. this is um, you could probably use context clues, but this is blasphemy because Leonardo is the leader of the Ninja Turtles. And that's because that's really his whole character is to be the leader. <laughs> that's that's it. Yeah. But this was uh, so you can forgive him for thinking because uh, maybe you can steve i don't know well i'm just saying in the movie in the movie Raphael gets a lot of screen time and he's one of the he's the only ninja turtle that actually gets kind of his own arc so you can forgive someone who's getting third-hand information for thinking that he was the leader of the group and to his credit you know april o'neill was digging wrath no she's not digging any of them because they're completely different species mike Stop she's, making this gross. She's, she's digging raft though. Like if she, I think she, S- S- Steve, <laughs> the, the the porn company Woodrocket, the ones that did Hamilton, which we covered on a previous episode, which listeners should listen to. That same company did a porn parody called Ten Inch Mutant Ninja Turtles, starring April O'Neil's character. So there's got to be some compatibility there. And that was wrong. That was wrong of them to do. <laughs> she might like Mikey too. I don't know, but I. <laughs> She she likes Casey Jones. She's she gets with oh, Casey. The hockey guy? Yeah, the hockey guy. Jones and for Jones. The uh, hockey vigilante. Oh yeah, Nick, by the way, there's a separate human hockey sports equipment themed vigilante named Casey Jones that fights crime with them. Sure. Um but so so Golden Voice eventually fixed it and in uh like on like if he's performing it live now, he says, Raphael, he's the bad boy of the group as opposed to the leader of the group. Oh, so he fixed he fixes How often is he performing this live? Well, Nick, this was kind of the one of like two or three songs that they did that kind of went anywhere, and after that they partners in crime split up and sort of went their own ways. Oh no, that was exactly um, what they didn't want to do. They didn't uh, want this oh. to be what defined them. And and interestingly enough, <laughs> interestingly enough, guys, is a little a little connection here. SBK would also eventually become the home of one Vanilla Ice. 
Well, now it's all of coming together. Course. And of he, course. And he would invite partners in crime to perform a cover of the Donna Summer song, Love to Love You, which would be one of their three sort of big hits, for his film his film vehicle, Cool as Ice. Did you know oh. Vanilla Ice had a movie? Oh, yes. Yes, I'm aware of that. Ooh, how was it? Well, here, it's- let me read you the plot summary, Mike. Johnny Van Owen, a freewheeling motorcycle-riding rapper, arrives in a small town and meets Kathy, an honor student who catches his eye. Meanwhile, Kathy's father, who's in witness protection, is found by the corrupt police officers he escaped from years ago. Wow. No, it's truly fascinating. It was made during the only moment in history where there could possibly have been a Vanilla Ice movie. And it's exactly what you think. He's like, what, 22 when the movie came out or something? Oh, I love that. I don't think there's any music to cover. I don't think there's any way we can contrive a way to talk about it on the podcast. But we'll see. No, no. I think it's like mostly covers. And then whatever Vanilla Ice wrote, which, you know, is probably good good for for an episode. Uh, but let's get back to this movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Fellow Raphael, he's the leader of the group, transformed from the norm by the nuclear goose. Pizza's the food that's sure to please. These ninjas are into pepperoni and cheese. Back to the st- I did know that part. Yes. Fun fact, uh, the movie features product placement from Domino's. So in one scene, Michelangelo orders a pizza from Domino's, and the Domino's driver brings it to the sewer grate because it's New York. And he, a lot of, I, I specifically, now that I've lived in New York, it, it now blows my mind to think that the Ninja Turtles are New York natives. Why, in God's name, are they ordering pizza from Domino's? They've oh, got to have yeah. dozens of better options around them at this point. And this is 90s Domino's. Like, they haven't even realized they needed to fix anything yet. <laughs> so Domino's gets a product placement, but the real shit of it is that... Uh, hold on, let me find here. Uh, they get a product placement scene, but the marketing campaign for the film was Pizza Hut. So Pizza Hut got all the marketing dollars. Ooh, they I wa- just got a product placement. Oh, I wonder what was more valuable, the actual marketing dollar money or actually having your product in the movie itself? Yeah, if we're talking merchandise and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I can't see how you don't make a shit ton more money than Domino's because I don't think... I don't think Domino's Pizza, it's a pizza you can eat in the sewer, is like product placement that really gets people well, mouth Well, then why, Steve, why is it still their motto to this day if it wasn't that successful? No, no, their motto today is Domino's, don't worry, we make other things other than pizza now. <laughs> Domino's, have you tried our breadsticks? <laughs> so what you're saying is you think Pizza Hut got the a bigger slice. Yeah, that plus if I'm recalling correctly, oh, like that one. <laughs> if I if I'm recalling correctly, the shape of the Domino's pizza box at that time is probably easier to fit into like a sewer grate than the Pizza Hut pizza. Or they like really the big made New York. all their pizza around being able yeah. to shove it into sewer grates most effectively. pepperoni and cheese. Back to the story. It's not hard to find. Ninja's not just of the body, but of the mind. Those were the words that the master instructed, but a letter from Shredder had Splinter abducted. Oh, so Splinter gets abducted too? Yeah. Oh, I they also... got him in a mousetrap. If by mousetrap you mean kidnapped by Ninja Army, then yes. It's the better mousetrap. <laughs> you know, you know, when I when I was living in my rat infested apartment, I really wish I could have jumped on the foots. <laughs> the foot's ninjutsu mousetrap styles. We're just to get a bunch of ninjas to come in and take care of these rats. Wait, are the henchmen called the foots or the feet? No, just the foot, singular. But oh. it, it's referred to as the plural. Also, before I forget, I love it when a raps when when in a rap song, or I guess any song in general, but when there's a point where they got so distracted, they literally include the line, back to the story. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up because it's... <laughs> anyway, that was get... a fun tangent we all went on, but back to what we're talking about. Because two verses into the story, they just realized, oh, crap, do they not know who the Ninja Turtles are? We should probably tell them who they are. And by tell them who they are, we let's fuck it up real, real quick. And <laughs> let's revisionist history it a little bit. False. <laughs> they wrote this song like we conduct an episode. Oh, crap. I wasn't going to talk about that for 10 minutes, but I did. Anyway, back to the song. (laughs) And Ninja's not just of the body, but of the mind. Yes, it's a way of life, man. Which is a lesson that they, well, less that and more that they learn that they can use it to psychically communicate with each other. Spoiler alert. 
Uh, so <laughs> wait, what can the, the Ninja Turtles can? They they it, they they psychically contact Splinter while he's abducted to find out where he is using oh, using when they ninja do, techniques. They, they all do the meditating. Yeah, using because ninja is not just a, power. Exactly, ninja. They they learn the final lesson, which is ninja is not just of the body but of the mind. Very nice, subtle tie-in then. And then Shredder sent a letter in the post, and that letter said, "Kidnap the rat." And the, the Foot Clan got the letter, which was weird because they live in the same building, but whatever. And so they went to go kidnap him. That was the this what could have, that was the this could have been an email of nineteen ninety. I wanna I wanna know what because you know there was a couple of foot soldiers that weren't it was their first kidnapping and like, all right, what are we gonna do here, man? We got a we got a big rat. And they're trying to, you know, they're walking through the shop right and they're trying to figure out what kind of cheese to get. You know what I but mean? But the villains like, shop at <laughs> shop wrong. Oh man. Yo, yo, if you were trying to um kidnap Master Splinter, what kind of cheese would you use, Steve? Um the cheese of ancient ninja wisdom, which is cheese whiz, which is a which <laughs> I was going to say which is a fine gruyere. Ah. Uh. All right. So anyway, back to the story. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. We should. Just, we we need to isolate that audio. And anytime we go on a tangent in any future episode, we're just gonna say back to the story. <laughs> it's not hard to find. Uh, sometimes it is for us. All right. That the master instructed, but a letter from Shredder has splinter abducted. That was the last straw. Spring into action. Step on the foot. Now they're gonna lose traction. Now- <laughs> all right. Ooh. All right. That's pretty good. Ooh. Step like on these. the foot, now they're going to lose traction. Now, you see, everyone, foot they're called the Foot Clan, and feet are things that we use to gain traction on the ground when we walk. So by defeating the foot, you lose that traction. By defeating! You're still doing it, Steve! Now that it's explained, everyone can laugh. All right, let's take a good 30 seconds while everyone laughs. Anyway, back to the story. Back to the story. <laughs> That was the last straw. Spring into action. Step on the foot. Now they're gonna lose traction. Now this is for real, so you fight for justice. Your shell is hard, so you shout. They can't dust us all. Uh, yo, yo, my my shell's hard. Can you dust this off for me? <laughs> uh, Mike, that uh, that that joke you made is an excellent opportunity for me to also remind the audience that the voice of Splinter was provided by Kevin Clash, the voice of Elmo. Oh. Oh my god. Wait. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah. Oh no is right, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> oh no. Oh <laughs> <Elle>, no. <laughs> Elmo says Michael not allowed on Sesame Street anymore. <laughs> yeah. Neither, neither is the guy who did the voice of Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, there's too much shell dusting happening, and now he's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, you can't dust us off like some old coffee table. I, I, I like I like the slide in to the next verse, but we haven't heard what that's going to rhyme with yet. But uh, very excited. Anyway, back to the story. So you shout, they can't dust us off like some old coffee table. Since you've been born, you've been willing and able to defeat the snake, protect the weak, fight for rights and your freedom to speak. Now the USA, USA. Now, if you defeat the sneak, when you are a sneak, must you then defeat yourself? Look, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a sneak is a good guy with a sneak. <laughs> uh, All right, Mr. LaPierre. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Fight for rights and your freedom to speak. You know, I think this song needs to be on the next Fox and Friends Open. I think it's like... I was going to say National Anthem. That's it. Turtle Power is the new National Anthem. I mean, it certainly Snakes has less... damned. It certainly has less overt references to slavery, so that's a plus in its column. Yeah, and that's usually very difficult to extract. But, I mean, when you're fighting the Foot Clan, Don't Tread on Me fits right in there. <laughs> and who's treading on us? The Foot! The last thing we want is the boot of the government on our necks. The government of secret ninjas hiring teenage delinquents, a.k.a. the Democrats. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. 
You can't keep doing that. Fight for rights and your freedom to speak. Now a villain is chilling, so you make a stand. Back to the wall, put your sword in your hand. Remember the words of your teacher, your master. Evil moves fast, but good moves faster than life. Whoa! God, I'm, I'm inspired. You didn't know that? You didn't know that, that good is greater than or equal to the speed of light? So, so does that make evil like sound and good is light? Okay, why are in your science are light and sound diametrically opposed forces? No, just the speed at which they move. Sound moves fast, but light moves way faster. I am sick of hearing all this evil, Steve. I want to see good. <laughs> want to see good. Hear no evil. It's right there. <laughs> Actually, C is the the accepted algebraic uh, placeholder for the speed of light. Steve, you lost me at sea. <laughs> Throw him a raft. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, evil moves fast, but good moves faster than light. <laughs> anyway, back, so back to the story. So back to what happened. <laughs> faster than light, shining for your illumination. Good versus evil equals confrontation. So when you're in trouble, don't give in and go sour. Try to rely on your eternal power. Okay, but now that we know what turtle power is, he's saying um, when you're in trouble, don't give up. Just psychically communicate with your mentor. It's that easy, Nick. I don't know if that's universally helpful. That's because you haven't done it yet. I admit, yeah. But Nick, when you're getting chased by a bunch of ninjutsu thieves who are coming for everything you got and want to beat you up, you just need to stop, get into the crane position, meditate, and um, and then well, who's your mentor? Or, or you, you do you do the alternative, <laughs> which is when a bunch of ninja thieves are trying to steal all your stuff. You do what I do. You let them take it all because you have lemonade renters insurance, so that you can claim it all and just buy it back. It's my alternative to turtle power. Nick, is, is look, that, Nick, is, you is you rely on your turtle power. Okay, turtle power is not specifically the psychic communication between students and masters. That is one manifestation of turtle power. Turtle power can be anything, Nick. It is your power. It is the power within you to do things like purchase <laughs> insurance for your home. My my, so you're saying my power, power is to essentially. Uh, I've got turtle cower where I just give them everything and then try to reimburse myself for it later. <laughs> turtle or cower. or my or my specific form, turtle dower, <laughs> where you just have a cynical outlook on everything. Uh, go ahead, take I don't, the wallet. My wallet doesn't have any money in it anyway. Fine, take it. Take an empty piece of leather, whatever. But uh, but yeah, then then it's just the chorus repeated <laughs> after that. Yeah, it's returning return it returns to the fade of T O R T L T power a couple more times. Uh, but that that is it. That is the that is the end of Turtle Power, a perfect movie tie-in song to act as a nice palate cleanser for last week's episode. Which when I went back. Uh, and thought about it was like, gosh, that made me upset. Really? Why didn't Why didn't he talk about the hockey guy? Look, the song is about turtle it's power. It's a pretty, it's a it's, pretty big part of the film. The song is about turtle power. It's not about uh, a minor league injured hockey player taking out his frustrations on uh, poor people trying to get by by robbing and mugging. They could only get power. so much. They could only get so much info in that one call they had. Yeah, Batman Batman has that sewed up. He's got the whole use my unlimited wealth and power and martial arts skills to throw metal to throw pieces of sharp metal at mental patients. He's got that whole scene covered. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the Ninja Turtles are dirt poor. They're just like they just live in the sewers. Yeah, Mike, but they're rich in family. And isn't doesn't that teach us something? It does not. Anyway, this has <laughs> yeah. been the Song Topsy Report. Thanks for listening in, guys. Uh, I'm sure uh, this was a rollicking good time for everyone as it was for me to talk nonstop about it for an hour and a half. Oh, stop it, Steve. That's your favorite thing to do. It is. Oh, look, I was trying to be modest, but you're right. It is. Um, Modesty is not your turtle power, let me tell no. you. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> I could go on for another turtle hour. <laughs> but you won't. Thank you so much but for listening to this week's episode. Please follow us on social media where you can get access to all the great content we post, including the polls, um, which I don't know if we've decided yet what we're going to do. I'll let Mike get on that. Uh, but you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Brigadier. Check out the Song Tops Report and Dapper Devil Productions. If you haven't already, watch a show about coworkers. Um, some listeners have let us know that they have seen it, so thank you very much for those of you who have. Check it out at DapperDevilProductions.com. Uh, and Mike, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me and my stuff on my Instagram at MrMikeRussell.com. That's MrMR.D-O-T. And, uh, yeah, like Nick said, you know, check out our, uh, check out our stuff, the Dapper Devil Productions, the, uh, <laughs> stuff. Nick's copying me with the he's miming me. Um, <laughs> it's a, your cadence when you get into that mic is a, I, I will remember it until the day I die. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, check out our Instagram uh, the at the Santops Report. Uh, we've got some great polls on there, which actually uh, I forgot to go over this last time. So I did a double poll uh, on uh, Big Bad John there, uh, asking if you all thought he was a uh, a murderer. Or a romantic. And it turns out, Nick uh, and Steve, 56% believe he's romantic. Just a, heart, a hopeless romantic. And 44% said he's a murderer. And, I don't uh, know why you can't be both. With that in mind, I then asked uh, who could see themselves in love with a murderer. And get this, 61% say yes. And 39% Listeners, say no. So they, love is love, Nick. That's what I told you. People love murder. <laughs> Look, listeners. There's a lot. There's a lot of help options out there. Um, j- just anonymous lines you can call if you just want to talk to someone. Uh, please consult them if you if you are if you are feeling I don't know a certain way. Um, <laughs> I listeners, you keep being you. Uh, <laughs> I um, also unless, asked unless last you're week, a murderer, then stop being you. The um, well, speaking of things you will murder with, uh, what your favorite weapon was when you're sitting on the toilet doing your bathroom business? Uh, Lumberjane of all trades says one of those hotel door jams. That's a unique. Uh, you gotta really jump up and get it get into business with that one. But there's an actual real chance that you might have that with you in the bathroom. It's true. Uh, and then Carly Dot Frombley says a katana. Which is uh, a good choice. Uh, you know, lightweight, yeah. smooth. Yeah, my, in hindsight, my Claymore might not have been the best option. Depends how big the bathroom is. Uh, and uh, I don't know. This week, why don't we ask, um, honestly, what's your, who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Or even who's your favorite character from the Ninja Turtles? Is it Rocksteady? Is it that brain dude who's got a, his robot friend? Brain Is dude it? and robot friend. They're my favorite already. Brain dude and robot friend. They're together forever. In Dimension X, the Technodrome is where they have sex. So that's yeah. going to be the poll? Yeah. I, wa- I want to know who the most popular Ninja Turtle is. Or if you're like me, uh, listeners, and didn't grow up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, just make something up. We'll still read it. And uh, Steve, <laughs> where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Your Man Trollo. You can find me on my personal website, stephentrollinger.com, on the Dabber Delver Productions website, and in a most recent production of a show about coworkers. And those places currently. Yes, a wonderful array of places to be found, Steve. And uh, that is it for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm the leader of the group. Let me just say that you're the Raphael. I'll leave it at that. And we will see you next week. Take care. Guys, I'm I'm going to take a turtle shower right now. How is that different from a regular one? I pretend I'm a turtle. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we end the episode. (laughs) 